0: The following presentation was recorded at the Newbury Buddhist Monastery, Victoria, Australia. Please visit our website at nbm.org.au. All right, because we're running running behind. Yeah, very good. So uh, now is uh, we do, uh, the uh, on behalf of the monks, I will do a short reflection on the rains retreat, the vasana that we have just spent here at Newbury. A monastery and then this will be followed by uh, a short uh, reflection from Aya about at uh, this time her, the, the time for the nuns community here at Newbury Buddhist monastery but first of all I'd like to welcome the visiting monks let's start with Ajahn Sadra he's not really visiting because he's from our from the uh, the city centre in East Malvern and he's been there now well over a year, year and a half or going on for two years next uh, April and uh, next the next monk from Damsua um, Forest Monastery, newly established, is uh, Venerable Singapore Metananda, so uh, he's, he's here, he spends the wasser here in Australia and of course, the chief monk or senior monk, well, chief monk, you don't say senior monk, is <laughs> Venerable I think it's Yala Gokareli. Gokareli um, uh, Pasadigat. Uh, so he is the uh, senior monk. He's the monk who has established this uh, new monastery. And he's also established an online Dhamma service, which is wonderful. That's reaching out. That's very, reaches a lot of people in Sinhala and in English. So that's great. And the next monk, of course, is Venerable Canadian. Jinaratana and he's come like Venmo Metananda for the Vasa and we hope that they'll stay on after it. So that was just a, a welcome to the monks and thank you very much for coming today for this, to our uh, Katina. So very good because now they're living in uh, an area, well it's near Walan, but it's Klombinan Clon, Clonbin, Anybody know Klombinan? Never heard of it before. <laughs> Yeah, because, uh, I used to live this way. Yeah. Oh, you did. All oh, right. This is venerable Sunim, or, and she's been, she lives in King Lake. She has a center in King Lake. But, uh, so she's convalescing with us. She's had an operation. So she's convalescing here, which is great, so wonderful. Yeah, and not so far from Klombiname. Yeah. Oh, name It takes a while to get the pronunciation. <laughs> So anyway, so the the purpose of this uh, reflection is really, it reminds me of when I was at school and they asked us to write uh, an essay, an assignment on what we did on our holidays. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I feel it's like, just to give a a feeling for it, but just very short because, as I say, we are running running somewhat late. So for this vasa, we had five monks, Uh, five monks in the uh, monk section the monk section as most of you will be aware is at the other end of the property and that's in the new buildings and uh, we having five monks is the qualification for having a katina you need at least five monks or five nuns and i'm very much looking forward to us having one day a double katina (laughs) The monks, five monks, five nuns, or more. If we have more than five, that's, all, that's even better, isn't it? So that qualifies us. And I'll talk a little bit about Katina in my talk, if there's much time left for a talk after that. And i just introduce the monks that spent the vasa here. Because the focus of a Katina really is on the Sangha, the monks, the nuns who spent the vasa in that monastery, in this monastery in this case. Um, and the, the katina is focusing on supporting that monastery, those those monks, and offering the katina robe or katina cloth, really, um, which I'll talk about later. And, of course, I'm the senior monk here for the moment. I'm the second. <laughs> there was monk Jag before me. And I hope there will be many others coming after me, uh, after my time. So this is what I can give at this time. And... Uh, I have uh, 25 vasas or rains retreats as a fully ordained monk. And the next monk who spent the vasa here is Ajahn Bodhicitta. And like myself, he ordained with Ajahn Brahm. And he has 18 rains, 18 vassa. And next to him, of course, is Ajana Arunavihari, who did not ordain with Ajahn Brahm, but spent quite a lot of time with him. And he is this year 17, 17 rains or 17 vassa. So you can see we're all pretty um, <laughs> top-heavy. We're all, all marty- uh, we're all terrors, practically. And Ajahn Mudito, who's um, at the end of the line, who also deigned with Ajahn Brahm, and is from Finland. He has 11 uh, vasa, 11 rains, as a monk. So this is the community that spent the rains here. And there's one more monk who's not here today, and that's Venerable Nivato. And uh, he ordained with Ajahn Brahm, and he just finished his fifth Vasa, which is a time which qualifies you to actually to start wandering around chain, going to different monasteries and experiencing different places. So he's doing that now. <laughs> he started very quickly. So they are the five monks that spent the Vasa together and uh, just to to uh, mention that the vassa is a very important time for a monastic community. It's really important because it's when we sort of stop. This is an important thing about the Vasa. So we stop. I realized when I thought, well, yeah, we do stop, but it's more like a pause. <laughs> and that's so true for all of us. We need to stop, we need to pause. And this is the, uh, the time of the year that the monastics, the monks and the nuns, we pause so we can go deeper into our meditation. We can do, go deeper into our contemplation and study. We can spend time on our own in our huts. Uh, we spend, we had two week personal retreats, and this is a wonderful opportunity. What that does, it really gives us the inner resources to have to serve the community too. It gives us the inner resources to develop the Buddha's teachings, the path, the Noble Eightfold Path. And this is such an important time. We're very lucky here in Australia. The range retreat coincides with winter. Everything t- tends to cut, slow down anyway, doesn't it, in winter? And so we've been very blessed. And of course, when I did my personal retreat, I really reflected on how good this place is, how suitable it is. For the developing the Buddha's path, developing the the Dhamma, the practice of Dhamma, how good it is, and how much we owe to the lay community to uh, for that support. Everything here has been donated, hasn't it, by the lay community, and very much how much we owe to the uh, committee of the Buddhist Society of Victoria. They do a fantastic job. I think of it more like full-time employment. Really, <laughs> it's really quite incredible. So we have. It makes me reflect on how fortunate we are to be able to practice this path. How we, uh, how fortunate we are. We have still got the teachings that can lead to liberation, and how fortunate we are as monastics that we have would be able to give more to the lay community, to the world. And the world really needs it, doesn't it? It's in a bit of a bit of a pickle really. The world it pretty much always is, but at this particular particular time it seems even more so, largely because we know about it. So I just like to give that short reflection because we don't have that much time. And um on on behalf of the monks community, you know, so A very big sadhu to everybody that's made this possible made it this eight years that we've been here the development possible that we we see today it's incredible it really is and it's a lot of work (laughs) it didn't happen overnight and didn't happen easily so thank you very much for that and I'll pass over to Aya for the reflection from uh, on the uh, range retreat
1: for the nuns because yeah. Sadhu saru, saru, Thank you, Arjan. It's always nice to have Arjan speak first because he covers everything. I don't have to say much. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, first I'd like to introduce our um, Sunim Chikon here. Chikwan, Sunim. <laughs> it the other way. Sunim is forty over vasas? Uh, yeah, forty three. Forty three vasas. Wow. wow. Yeah, So we are so happy to have her here, to be able to take care of her. Sunim has been contributing towards Buddhism in uh, Australia for a long, long time, and also a very strong supporter of the teaching uh, monastics at BSV. We are very, very grateful that Sunim is always there for us. And of course, we have two nuns who are now in Bodh Gaya, they have safely arrived in Bogaya. One is Bikuni Sankapa, accompanying seminary Sunyata, who has gone there for her Bikuni ordination in Bogaya. So in Bogaya, what I, we heard this time is that it's organised by Ayatulokaya Liu Fab and Ayasantini, and, and also uh, uh, supported by um, the Malaysian nuns and all that. So it's going to be a very auspicious occasion. Uh, after the ordination, is going to be um, um, followed by a retreat and a Tripitaka recitation for about 12 days, and then an Indian pilgrimage. So we are so happy that at least we can send out one of our seminaries there. And of course, Aya Santar is here training to become a bikini too. We are hoping that she will be the one who who will set a record here to be ordained at Newberry, and it completes our vision of having a place where we can ordain monks and nuns, especially for nuns, because there isn't a lot of places where nuns are accepted, recognized, or even to mention trained towards bikini. So we are very 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 uh, how to say uh, grateful to the BSV committee, to all our supporters from BSV and Newberry, everyone who supports us all these years and of course most importantly to Ajahn Brahm and everyone from Perth all our monastics from Perth who have come here to support this place and also to ensure that we do have a proper fourfold full full community here. So unique in the Theravada tradition. So really want to thank each and every one of you for supporting us in this Vasa. We really had a very wonderful peaceful Vasa this mm-hmm. year after so many years of struggle. We had a very peaceful uh, Vasa period this year and I really wish that I couldn't, I didn't have to come up from Vasa actually. <laughs> Yeah. Two weeks is never enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we hope that we can have more next time. So thank you all so very much. We hope that you have a very wonderful day today. And, uh, yep. Please make sure that you're on a no beautiful path. We have, uh, been so blessed to be guided by all our good teachers uh, and also to have all the support here for our monastery, for the four community. And when the retreat center is up next time, it's going to even benefit more, not only monastics, but also our lay practitioners. Right, thank you also very much. But now, Arjan, can we take a few minutes just to pay respect to the Bhikkhu Sangha?
0: All right, you're you're welcome to Yes, yes, thank you. Are you okay there? Yes. Because don't want to overdo it after the operation, (laughs) it's the worst thing. There we are, so very nice. sadhu, sadhu. Sadhu, sadhu. Sadhu, sadhu.
1: Sadhu,
0: sadhu, there we are. So and for the Vasa the nuns had four four nuns didn't you? you had three three bikunis and uh, one summonary for the Vasa for the rains retreat so that's good. so in all we had uh, four plus the five monks. So it's nine monastics. And that's really something to to be very um, uh, joyful about, that we have such a large resident community. It's one of the larger communities here in Victoria. <laughs> I think maybe even more than they have at Bodhivana, which is a very established uh, monastery. So I'd like to talk a little bit about the Katina Um, For those, I think most people here know about Katina, you know, know, I'm sure you've been to so many, because it's a very prized and treasured um, ceremony, celebration each year in the Buddhist world. And you see it, I see it in Sri Lanka, how much joy it gives to people, you know, and People, I had an email from someone the other day and they said, I've only, I've been to three Katinas. And I could tell, you know, in Sri Lanka, you'd probably say, I've been to seven or eight or, you know, it's quite amazing. People really find it very, very joyful. And it's such an important event for them. And it brings a lot of happiness to them and arouses a lot of faith or confidence in the buddha's teaching so that's really a big part of katina actually the purpose of katina is to bring up this joy and happiness to use it for our practice of the dhamma particularly in meditation it's very very useful to have this faith this faith is what drives us in life actually those things that we think are valuable that we've got confidence in we've got faith in they are the things we'll give energy to, so it's very important for the path. But of course, we um, we uh, we wonder what is the the overall purpose? What is the practical The purpose that the Buddha had in mind, for instance, when he established Katina? and it's it's a little bit different from what we have today, because the focus was. And I'll give you the sort of the background, because we had the three month uh, rains retreat. And this is called the rains residence of Vasana, vasa or Vas in uh, similar and uh, after the three-month Vas period we have the end we have the invitation where we in each of the monastics invites the other monastics to give them feedback about whatever they've seen heard or suspected that they think is not good so it's sort of like a that's quite a it's it, it's more of a ceremony i've never heard anybody bring up major things in that uh, on that occasion but it's uh it ends the rains retreat and then after the rains retreat of course then we can start the robe making season there's one month after the robe. are you okay
1: Yes, birdie cheetahs just come oh has she all do right, right. yeah please
0: do yeah there we are Oh, that would be lovely. Thank you. That's good. So this is after the pawarana, this invitation, as I mentioned, to give feedback. Then the community in the time of the Buddha would be making robes for one month. This is a big deal. It really is big. Because at that time, cloth was very hard to come by. No ready-made robes. You, you, you had to make them yourself. The monks made them. And they had this special frame. They call it the katina frame. And I don't exactly know what it looked like, but it would be large enough to spread the cloth over and have monks sew all around it. So you could have a number of monks hand-sewing a robe, which would make it quicker. So this this is the month of making robes. And the katina is really the beginning of that robe-making season where the lay community offers cloth. And we make one robe... And we offer that robe to a monk who needs it. That's usually the basic requirement. These days, most monks don't need robes, actually. <laughs> That's the truth of it. But uh, it's a part of the ceremony, part of the tradition to make this robe. And usually it was the monks who made that robe on the Katina day. In Very much in uh, traditional Buddhist countries, and in, in Sri Lanka I see it, it mainly happens the lay people make the robe. And I've seen I've seen a video, actually, of the lay people that were offering the robe at, at Damsua last year. And they were so happy and joyful making the robe. So I thought, well, that's fantastic. That's really good. They got a lot of joy and happiness out of doing that. Because it would be an experience that they will really treasure for a lifetime. So for this, welcome, welcome, Venerable Bodhicitta. We have Ajahn Bodhicitta and Venerable Bodhicitta, <laughs> We've got a lot of bodhicitta today. Thank you for coming. Wonderful. Great. Yeah, no worries. No worries. There we are. So this is the beginning of the robe-making season, in a sense, when people offer the cloth to make the katina robe, which the monks would traditionally make at the time of the Buddha. And then if the lay community bought more cloth, and the other monks could ro- sew their robes too. And they'd join together and help each other for this month. And then when the month had finished, the robe-making month, which will finish on the full moon, the next full moon, which will be in Sri Lanka on Monday and in uh, the Thai tradition Tuesday, when that finishes, then the monks go wandering with their new robes, the robe that they've made if they needed one, and then they would go wandering. So this is the purpose that the Buddha established the katina for, for the support of the, uh, the sangha, particularly the uh, both sanghas, the bhikkhu and bhikkhuni sangha. So they had enough robes. I was going to look up the uh, uh, one of the uh, 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 quotations about how they got cloth at the time of the Buddha and there's a lovely sutta where the Venerable Sariputta mentions uh, as a like a simile as an example a description of of a monk going to a cemetery a funeral ground and getting some discarded robes uh, discarded cloth and then with his feet sort of spreading it out and then tearing off the section that could be used that wasn't uh, blood-stained or whatever and so you can realise, when you read these descriptions, you know, you realise it was very, very difficult to get cloth at that time. And of course, later in the Buddha's uh, dispensation, towards the end of his life, I think they would have been much better supported, and maybe even some robes made by tailors and other people, or lay people. So this is the sort of background. It gives you the idea of why we have this important... At what the importance of katina is and really for us it's really honoring the buddha by keeping a tradition keeping the tradition of offering a robe or offering the katina cloth for making a robe uh, which is still done in sri lanka in some of the monasteries the monastery that Ajahn uh, arana Vihari ordained where he ordained now um, they do it they do they make the robe they even dye the cloth Isn't that amazing? They dye the cloth, sew the cloth. And in the evening, that's when the robe is actually offered to the monk who is regarded, who needs a robe and is regarded to have enough wisdom to uh, conduct the katina ceremony and also enough wisdom in dhamma. So certain qualifications to to receive a katina cloth. That happens in the evening when you're not here. We don't sew the robe over very quickly. It takes a few hours to sew that robe. And we're very fortunate because we are blessed with two very good sewers. And that's Ajahn Sadaro and Ajahn Mudito. And they will, this afternoon, uh, be sewing the the robe. And uh, we'll probably assist if we can. Often the other robe, uh, other monks, if they assist, it means a lot of unpicking. Mistakes I haven't seen it in the past. So this is really, isn't it? It's an offering to support. It's honoring the Buddha for sure. It's practicing the Dhamma in the sense that we we focus on the qualities of you know of giving generosity. It's all about giving and generosity today, isn't it? We're offering robes and other things, other necessities for the Sangha. We're offering donations to support the monastery, to support the meditation building of the meditation center is still going on so this is these are qualities especially generosity is a key quality for us as people it brings happiness to us when we focus on i me and mine what i want what i need it's a very very miserable life but when we give it can be we can develop a lot of happiness. So we are practicing dhamma at a ceremony like today. We are also practicing thankfulness. You know, thankfulness from your side for the sangha, providing teachings and hopefully providing inspiration for practicing the Buddhist path because lived examples are so important for all of us. Kalyanamitta has to be somebody that has developed good qualities in themselves and can be a role model. So it's a, a day of being thankful, too. We call this katanyata, But it's also, it's not one-sided, is it? It comes from the sangha, too. We are very grateful for the support we receive from you. I often say to people at the dhanas, if people stopped bringing the food, the teaching would stop pretty quickly. <laughs> the support wouldn't be there. If we didn't have the robes, if we didn't have the food, the accommodation, the medicines... It would be very, very difficult. So what is keeping the, the Dhamma wheel rolling, the wheel of Dhamma rolling, is really that generosity, that mutual support between the lay community and the monastic community. That keeps it going, and uh, it's very vital. Both sides of it are very vital. And, of course, I often say to people in uh, lay community, some people get a bit scared. I say, you are the source for the the monastic sangha too i was a lay person at the buddhist society of victoria in the 90s so it's it's not as if we are a separate breed the monastic community comes from the lay community it's a continuum it's a spectrum of practice isn't it a continuum of practice that if we practice as a layperson within the conditions that we live in, having family responsibilities, all these sorts of things. But if the opportunity comes or if we feel, often use this word in Christianity, a calling, you know, feel this calling to become a monastic. We feel that we want to deepen the practice. We feel often it's because the meditation goes very deep. And we feel like, ah, oh, this is what I want to devote my life to, developing the mind. And meditation is such an important part of that. So it is a continuum. So many, hopefully in the future, uh, many of the monastics here will be homegrown. <laughs> they will have come from here. And in actual fact, Venmo Nivato, who is not here today, he, he was, he's from Melbourne. His family is from Melbourne. And uh, he, he actually started his monastic life here as an anigarika, we say, like a trainee. But he obviously went to Ajahn Brahm's monastery to ordain and to practice. So this, these, uh, this day is also very much about, as I mentioned, developing the Dhamma, developing those good qualities that lead to happiness here and now and are foundations for developing the wisdom That liberates us, and of course, the big part of that is keeping precepts. You know, being the good good person, being someone who feels good about ourselves, because we're not harming others in either by killing, either by stealing, sexual misconduct, lying, or taking alcohol and drugs. Those things are lead to drama, difficulties, and a lot of unhappiness in our lives. So these, this is the, the qualities we're developing today too, and hopefully through, throughout our daily life, through uh, 24-7 really. <laughs> it's a 24-7 path, the Buddha's teaching. And of course, lastly, the, the focus of course that I mentioned is on Sangha, particularly the Sangha that is resident here in the monastery to support that Sangha, the Bhikkhu Sangha and the Bhikkhuni Sangha. Give them the support to continue their practice, continue to be able to uh, offer ordination to uh, uh, people, to men and to women, and also to be able to serve, to give teachings, to uh, teach about meditation, all these things that we offer. So this is uh, uh, really the focus for today. And, of course, that support traditionally was in terms of robes, But these days, as I mentioned, robes are robes are in abundance. I often say to people, though, people will think, "Well, well, is it really relevant then?" It may be in future. Who knows? In ten years, it may be pretty hard to get cloth. It may be we don't, you know, we have to sew them by hand again. So it's not not that uh, this ceremony is, is going to be complete. Is, uh, the katina is something that only relates to the Buddha's time. It can relate to the future very, very, very much. So just at this moment... We have quite an abundance of robes. <laughs> but it's a symbolic, it's really symbolic of that support, which is very, very necessary for the Sangha to grow, to become established here, and to help the lay community. And I like to think of this, um, of, of Katina, as being a community, The whole, a celebration of the Buddhist community, the whole community. Um, the Sangha, of course, this is the focus today, usually you know we vesak focus on the buddha and i often think of asala uh, puja or asala poya as we say in sri lanka as a focus on dhamma today is a focus on sangha and uh, but the monastic sangha of course the bhikkhus and the bhikkhunis but it's also a day for the buddhist community cuz a day when we come together and give and have that thankfulness for what we've received so it's for the lay community, the lay men, lay women, the monks and the nuns. And I often think of the, I've been using this simile quite a bit, of the trees in a forest. You know, if you have a tree that's on its own, say on a hill in an open space, and we have a storm, we have lots of rain as we have had, <laughs> very strong winds, that tree can be blown down very easily. But if trees are in a forest, if they're all together, it's much more difficult. Some of them will get blown down, but there is that support of, of the forest there. There is the support of the roots of those trees, no doubt interlocking and giving stability to that, all that forest of trees. And we as a community are like that. We are like a forest. If, we have, if we we're just on our own, many people in this society, isn't it, they feel they're on their own, they feel lonely, they feel exposed, um, you know, and are prone to, you know, many uh, uh, mental states that are not leading to happiness for them. But when we have a sense of community, we have support, that's quite different. We feel grounded. And in a community, of course, we find Kalyanamittas, don't we? Kalyanamitta is... For those who don't know, spiritual friend, a spiritual friend. This is someone who uh, we can relate to quite easily, a very agreeable person who understands the Dhamma maybe at a deeper level, who is an example of the qualities, good qualities that we aim to develop in Dhamma. You know, like, of course, that giving, giving up. Uh, This is a nekama, uh, developing a kindness loving kindness developing, developing harmlessness all these good qualities contentment all these qualities so this is uh what a kalyana Mitta, uh a spiritual friend they give us an example of somebody who has done that and that's so important for us i know i wouldn't have ordained probably if i didn't have a lived example who was that lived example Ajahn (laughs) Jaggero. It was before Ajahn Brahm, actually. Of course, Ajahn Brahm was uh, definitely my focus as my teacher. But Ajahn Jaggero, many of you here will remember him from his time in Melbourne in the 90s and before that. He was such an important player in uh, the Buddhist Society of Victoria. and His family were here as well. But he inspired me. And that lived example really... Uh, gave me the, the faith, the confidence to think, yeah, I want to do this. I could, I can do this. And of course, that's what uh, a teacher does, really. Najma Brahm says it again and again. It's like a coach. He's saying to you, you can do it. You can do it. <laughs> and of course, we can do it. And of course, the Buddha's teaching gives us the path of developing the mind, developing the heart. So this is... This Im- image of the forest is very important for me, I think, in terms of community and that support and uh, providing that stability for us. And uh, so it's uh, something we celebrate today at this monastery. And uh, as I mentioned, it's a monastery for the fourfold sangha, a fourfold community, we call it fourfold. It's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it, really? <laughs> But that's, of course, the bhikkhunis and the lay men, lay women. But I have got a a shorter definition of it. I call this monastery, it's better for Malaysian people, actually, the three-in-one monastery, three-in-one. Do you know what a three-in-one is? Anyone know what a three-in-one is? Other people go, no, I thought it wouldn't be. For Sri Lankan people, it doesn't mean so much. These are the little satchels that you get three-in-one. Coffee, you get... Either whitener, coffee whitener, or milk powder, and sugar, three in one. And then you just pour it in, add the hot water. And that's what this monastery is, three in one. We've got the bhikkhus, the monks. We've got the meditation center in the center of it for the lay men and lay women. And we've got the bhikkhuni sangha, the nuns, here in this area. And these areas will be dedicated to to the community. So this is a three-in-one monastery. Ajahn Brahm's monastery, uh, in in Western Australia, obviously more resources. It's all separate. (laughs) They have a a meditation retreat center near the monastery, the monk's monastery, the monk's monastery, and then the nun's monastery a long way from the monk's monastery. So they don't have the three-in-one monastery we have. So you can look up three-in-one if you're wondering what it is. And so it's very good that we have qualified this year to have a katina, to have the five monks, the necessary to qualify for a katina. And as I said, I'm hoping that in the uh, uh, future we will have a double katina. Isn't that greedy? <laughs> 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 one for the monks and one for the nuns. And that will be a really significant event. This is quite a significant event for us as well. So this is the uh, the significance of katina it's such a, uh, a joyful day for us a day to celebrate how far we've come you know and it's quite a long way I often say to people in Sri Lanka many of the monasteries are well some of the monasteries over two thousand years old so eight years is not far but hopefully this monastery will be here for a very very long time and many uh, laymen lay women will become monks and nuns and some of these uh, some of the monastic community and the lay community may they uh, develop stages of enlightenment, stages of awakening from uh, first stage from awakening, of course dream entry, sakadagami, once returner, Anagami, non-returner and arahant. So that of course is what the path is for and that is uh, this is what a monastery offers, that opportunity. And this monastery very, very suitable for it. It really is. It's so important to have a monastery in a forest in, the, in nature. This is really very, very supportive for our Dhamma practice, for our contemplation, and for developing that inner peace from just being on our own and really working out what this body and mind is about once each of us understands what the body there our own body and mind is about we know what everyone's body and mind is pretty much about it's always the same story so this is the importance the value of having a monastery like this so sadhu for coming today and all the hard work that uh, people have put in to organize this ceremony and for the, the the committee of the uh, Buddhist Society of Victoria, all the work that they've done, for the technology people, the tech team, as I call them, for making the, the live streaming and the microphones <laughs> work. Uh, so all the hard work that's gone into it. And I know from uh, Katinas in Sri Lanka, I know from going to Katinas at Ripplebrook and at Damsua, how much people how much joy people get from doing it. And they do it beautifully. In Sri Lanka, the katinas are usually just amazingly beautiful. So it's very inspiring when we see that. But we know that it's a lot of work. So that's the the talk for today, I think, just to focus on katina, uh, a little bit about what it is and how it fits in to the... uh, the rains retreat and what happens after the rains retreat, that the purpose is really the support for, for the sangha, for, also for the propagation of Dhamma. So it's a very, very important day. And we are in a forest. We are part of the forest together. And that's an important thing. And when we come together like this, it reminds us, yes, we are a community. We are supporting each other. We are giving each other strength and we are each helping other each other to practice the path develop the path and go deeper so sadhu mm-hmm. for today
2: Thank you, Ajahn. Yes. So it is, so it shall be, and it shall continue to be, and the Dhamma wheel shall continue to roll. Yeah. Um, the next program will be the um, offering of the Rise of Arms in Pinapata. So when we go out, please form a big circle around the circle here. Um, and then our community lunch will start at 11 and during the time after your lunch uh, please feel free to look at the stalls uh, some of the stalls are uh, most of the funds will go all the funds will go towards the new rebuilding project so your support will be very very gen- will be very very helpful and also I'd like to make a special mention that um, we are also trying to well, as you come through the uh, beaches lane uh, before you turn around you have seen some of the new buildings that is the center zone that is the uh, meditation retreat center that is coming up well, original contract plan was supposed to finish the project by, well, around now. It was the original <laughs> project. But then the pandemic had actually delayed the building project because of the shortage of supplies and labels and whatnot. Now, the next updated plan is now being scheduled for the uh, June 30th. It's, well, we hope to tie them down. But in the meantime, although we have very, very fortunate with the support of Ajong Molastics and the Newbury uh, Sanghas here and all of you here, we have managed to raise the uh, 6.4 something million plus for the contracted building cost for the project. However, because of the um, of the increase in material price and the shortage of supplies and things like that, we have to um, pay for some of the extra material cost, so we have to raise some extra funds for that. Plus also the contract price does not include furnitures and fittings and some of the equipments as well. So we like to use this opportunity to raise some extra funds to <coughs> Uh, pay for the extra increase in the material costs and supplies and also for the finishing and some of the mat- information are out in the store. there. We are hoping at this stage that we start not finalised there because we are still in negotiations with the builders and we hope to finish finalise it between the month or so. We are looking to raise about another 600,000 to, uh, to, to pay for all these extras here. So we have about a few more months to raise these 600,000 <laughs> Uh, We hope that through your general support from our communities, uh, we are able to meet that to get the the retreat centres completed by June 30th at this stage. Mm. Uh, For those who have uh, purchased ropes there, you may place your ropes behind the stalls. Uh, The rope offering ceremony will start at 12.30. Please do and collect your ropes behind the stalls at 12.30. And we will examine you to make the offerings here. Uh, sorry, before we assemble here, there the will be four rope carriers, and uh, please form a circle. Also, as you have did for uh, by, for the arms offering, uh, to form a circle, and we will uh, the, the 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 four ropes will go around uh, to be to be touched by each one of you as a gesture of also imparting <coughs> the offerings. Mm. Um, so I will make further announcement in in, in that case. Uh, please. Uh, I think I should be, I think I've said it enough as well. I'll make further yeah. announcement later on. Yeah. And we should then uh, proceed for the arms offering. Yeah. Thank you very much Thank for your attention and support. We we'll see you soon.
0: And please also. do join in the procession with the carrying the, the, the katina cloth and the other robes as well. You're welcome to join in it. We hope that children will join in, but I don't see many children, so that may be. But uh, Ravi's group is organising it, and it will start at the gate to the nuns area, you know, the gate you probably came through. Um, So uh, you're welcome to join in any stage, and it will go around this uh, circular road at least once, and up one and a half times, I think. That's about it. So everybody can get a go that way, to touch or join in. So thank you very much, Ori. Thank you. Tadawan and